The weather has been absolutely gorgeous this fall here in central Alabama. I don't miss hot summertime, but I will miss those summer vegetables. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian. Welcome to our podcast of October the 23rd. I uh, closed up the stack window in the barn this week. That's the way we honor the transition from summer to fall because what we're, do, what we're doing basically is gearing up our little home here in the barn so that it's geared to stay warm in the winter rather than stay cool in the summer. So that's our transition, and uh, because of that, we decided it probably would make sense to do a little post-mortem on the summertime. Um, interestingly, after all of the talk about how hot it was, we never had a day when the temperature got even close to 100. It was just that the humidity was so dead gum high and stayed that way for sustain, sustained periods of time. It made it feel really awful. Yeah, we, we certainly had some unpleasant days, but you're right. They were not because of high temperature. They were because of high humidity coupled with very high temp. I mean, we had in the temperatures 90s, in yeah. the mid-90s um, and then high humidity and you put those two together and it's pretty miserable outside right but we were able within our apartment to keep the mildew under control with a dehumidifier that i use in the closet and this may be the first year that we've actually managed to control the humidity from start to finish right we started early this time when i noticed um it was beginning to get dank feeling and, and barely even that just early in the summer i went ahead and got the dehumidifier out and plugged it in and put it in the closet, and um, it's done fine. And, of course, here in the uh, apartment, it it got humid, but we were able to control it a little bit better in here. Just with ventilation. Yes. Uh, just to, to make sure you understand, we have a walk-in closet that Amanda and I share, and it is closed off from our little home. And the walk-in closet is the area where we have had the most difficulty managing humidity. And that's where we have the dehumidifier had it. It's now been moved out because the humidity is, is no longer a threat. But um, we kept the dehumidifier running whenever needed to run all summer long. And as a result, we, don't, we did not experience any mildew problems in the closet. And here in the, the apartment itself, everything stays wide open, so we've not had a big humidity problem here either. So. And, of course, in the wintertime, it just isn't a problem at all. It's, it's very pleasant feeling in here, low humidity, so um, we sort of survived the summer, didn't we? We did use the air conditioner, I'm guessing, on about three days, probably for an hour or two each day, right. each of those days. It was mostly just at night when it would just, we'd try to go to sleep and it was so hot. But some during the day. Yeah, some during the day too. Yeah, uh, I would say probably mostly during the day. Uh, the nights we tended to open up When the you're trying windows. to take a nap, right. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that may be it. Um, 
But, you know, at, at night, even though it's warm, uh, we're generally able to sleep okay. I think there was one night I persuaded you to run the air conditioner. Maybe so. It was really unpleasant. So uh, to those uh, summer vegetables you were talking about, uh, why don't we sort of run through the high points about the performance on Veg Hill? Right. Well, early in the summer, I planted some spring peas. I had some lettuce. The lettuce did pretty well, but once the hot weather set in, and of course, it always sets in earlier than we'd like it to, that lettuce started to bolt. And we really, because I was a little late planting the spring peas, we just didn't get a whole lot. It uh, the pests started to be a problem. And what we they, got was great. Got too hot. I mean, yeah. those, those peas tasted great, but it it was a little sooner than we were expecting that the warm weather caught up with them. Right. And once the the warm the the hot weather comes, they just can't take it. They'll surrender. Right. The tomatoes um, did well. Uh, yeah, I we noticed didn't... this year you were a little more restrained in your tomato planting. Yes. In fact, a little more restrained than I would have liked to have been. I had a second planting of tomatoes, and I know we talked about that in an earlier podcast, um, in July. And, and actually, I'm still getting tomatoes. That's what's amazing. I have some that are forming on the terrible-looking plants, that I my original plants. I have some new tomatoes. And then um, the Illini Gold, that one is a winner. It, you know, I have noted in the past that Illini Gold does better in the fall. And it, it seems to be, and sure enough, I've got all kinds of little tomatoes that seem to do better in this cooler weather we're having. Okay. Well, that's good to know. The, in general, the, our prior years, in my mind, have been marked by um, joyful exuberance on your part when <laughs> tomato planting time comes and we end up with way 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 too many tomatoes to use that has not been quite so much of an issue this right. year or that they even if i if we didn't sometimes we had a lot of tomato plants out there but the pests were so bad they got them and then i just had a, a mess this year as you said i had i didn't plant as many um from seed i just planted transplants that I bought at the Auburn plant sale. I had some early girls, and then I later went to the feed and seed store and found some grape tomatoes, cherry tomatoes, put those out, and we actually, at one point, I think I would say in July, really had a bumper crop of, of cherry tomatoes. Figured oh, out how boy. to, how to those, cook oh, those. So good. Yeah, they really were. Those are really my favorites. The, the, the full-size tomatoes I can tolerate, but those cherry tomatoes, I can just eat them like candy. Well, I'll do that. I'll plant more in the future. The um, This is probably the third or fourth year now that we have not had a significant issue with hornworms. Right. We This year, I mean, I had a few at the beginning kill them. I had it, uh, my interplanting with tomato, uh, the, the tomatoes with basil and marigolds, and yeah, it's just not been an issue. Uh, another great year for peppers. I had said this was the best year ever, but you said, well, I don't know. Last year was pretty good. So it was. this is two really good years in a row we've had for peppers. Mm -hmm. And when we say peppers, we're talking about mainly banana peppers, some bell pepper, and then all the hot peppers we could ever want. Jalapenos. Well, interestingly, last year I planted cayenne and jalapeno. This year I only planted jalapenos. And um, my friend Rona gave me some bell pepper transplants and some um, jalapeno transplants. And honestly, 
that's all I did, aside from buying a couple of banana plants, banana uh, pepper plants. Put those out, and they're all going great guns. So thank you, Rona. And another shout-out to Rona. Last year, she gave me a Carmen pepper, which is a, I love those. They're, they look a lot like a banana pepper or even a hot pepper, but they're sweet. They're good. And so last year, I had several of those, and they did well. I saved the seed and, tra- and planted it directly into the ground. In July, I got one Carmen pepper plant, and it's going great guns right now. So once again, I'm planning to save the seed from that pepper so that I can keep it going. Now, is a Carmen a hot pepper? No, it's sweet. Okay. So, but they're a beautiful shape. So the only they turn hot them... peppers we have are the jalapenos. Right. Okay. And I think next year I will plant some cayenne again because the cayenne are much prettier for making pepper sauce. I can make pepper sauce out of these. And if you recall, I had some of the jalapenos that turned a bright red and I made some pepper jelly with those earlier in the summer. So I, I'll probably before the weather turns cold and I have to pull everybody off the plants. I say everybody, my friends out there, my bell peppers and my hot peppers. I'll probably um, make another um, set of pepper jellies like I did last year. We uh, had a good uh, crop of eggplant. You wish you had planted even more. I only had four eggplant plants, and I really like eggplant. So, and at, believe it or not, here it is in October. We still have blooms on the eggplants, so we could get a few more depending on when the frost hits. But of course, once it goes to below freezing, it'll yeah stymie would, them. We certainly it would be too late to try to plant anything. But now. I do wish that I had planted more because. Um, I just got a few eggplants uh, one year, I think maybe three years ago. I had so many that I was, even in November, I was making eggplant lasagna. And I'd love to have more in the future. And I will. I'll plant more next time. Well, let's talk about a couple that didn't do so well. Uh, once again, we gave it the old college try with uh, three sisters and corn. Right. Planted the corn, let it get up a little tall. Then uh, maybe six inches. Then I planted my beans and squash around them. The beans and squash, well, some of the squash did okay. Some of them got destroyed by squash bugs um, or vine borers or, and or both. Um, but the problem was the corn fell over. You know, we had some severe weather and storms and, and it just and I believe toppled over. It, it, Whatever else you can say, Three Sisters is not a good fit with raised beds. Probably not. So I won't do that again. But now I'd sort of given up on the the beans that were part of the mix out there. Went out there a couple of weeks ago and I saw, oh, we have green beans. Actually, somebody who came to visit us pointed out, I see some green beans. And they picked a few. And I thought, oh, they're probably over the hill. But I learned to... Even though the bean plants are sprawling, they're not trellised. But I sort of lifted them up, sort of like lifting a skirt, and found all these green beans underneath. So we've had and quite we've a had few wonderful green yes, beans they've been good. these last few weeks. <laughs> uh, let's talk about another failure: melons. Why um, must you remind me of my failures at Longleaf Breeze? Melons have. We've never had a really good year for melons. No, that's true. I've had some watermelons that I've grown that have been good. Some cantaloupes, I'd say two years ago, uh, went pretty well. But this year, I think I got one really small cantaloupe that didn't rot. They just So many of those cantaloupes rotted. And they were uh, from a cheap plant that I bought at Superfoods, and that may have been the problem. Um, the watermelons, I planted too late, I think. 
And yes, they they formed melons, but they split. And that's been a, a perennial problem for me is the watermelons want to split. And I know that water, either too much or too little or too hot a sun can be an issue, but I just have not perfected that formula. We planted some successfully at the Extension Center and they did well. Um, in fact, I've been, you know, we had watermelon You've up until... You've been bringing home watermelon oh, yeah. from the Extension Garden, from the Learning Garden. How about that honeydew? And I was going to say, my big success story was something called a Tweety Melon that I planted in my raised bed at Extension. And um, it is a beautiful yellow on the outside. And when you slice into it, it's a sweet green honeydew. So I'll definitely plant more of those next year. And boy, it was good. I I had a chance to taste some of it. So we hope to bring that success here to the farm and try it. Uh, Okra, just going great guns. We had a full bed with nothing but okra, and it is still going. All of those uh, okra plants were planted from direct seeding, and I planted three different kinds. Uh, I still like my Clemson spineless the best, but it's still going. It is beginning to cool off, and I don't think it's as tender as it was before. The the um, fruit isn't. So probably, since it's taking up a whole bed, um, I will probably terminate it in the next week or so. All right. Uh, another great year for sweet potatoes. Um, one of the lowest care crops we have. Really easy to grow here. What we do is we plant them, um, eat, and we plant one full bed um, with transplants not we don't we've not tried to save potato too much no but yet. we have some that, that <laughs> we have try. some that are growing greenery so we'll see what happens next year but we'll probably not depend on that because what we've been doing so far is working so well um we just plant the transplants and erect the trellis right away and you do have a little bit of work in the first few weeks training the sweet potato tendrils to the trellis right you have to kind of keep an eye on it because they get feisty out there yeah and (laughs) you know once those few weeks have passed and they have discovered the trellis basically all i do is just beat them back with a stick around (laughs) the bed and you know i mow any sweet potato tendrils that fall out onto the turf and don't worry about it and then when the end of the season comes, and the end of the season meaning uh, late September, early it was October. Just, yeah, it was about two two weeks ago, wasn't it? Because yeah. we harvested it right before I went to California. We'll uh, pull the trellis, um, pull that foliage apart away, and just dig with our hands and pull those sweet potatoes up. We get the most misshapen weirdly large, over-large kind of potatoes. I can't imagine how people who grow sweet potatoes commercially get all those nice uniform potatoes you see in the grocery store. Ours are nowhere near that. They probably they get rid of great. Well, they probably pitch a lot of the ones that, or donate you them. You may be right. The maybe right they're, maybe the, the farmers are eating a lot of those that are misshapen or whatever. We, of course, are certainly doing that. Oh, and, and I don't mind them. it a bit. Um, and, you know, the first couple of years when we had misshapen sweet potatoes, we chalked it up to our soil not being very soft. That You know, we thought, well, it's it's hard pan and the potatoes are having to work through all that um, hardness, I guess, uh, to 
grow and they're misshapen. But now we know that this soil was nice and yeah, soft. Yeah, we've taken that excuse away yeah, from them. They're just the deciding to grow weird. And uh, we're, we're beyond worrying about it. It just doesn't bother us. We enjoy eating all, all those misshapen potatoes. Um, and they taste as good as any potatoes you buy in the grocery store. So we're happy. Even better, I think. Um, the edamame we did not plant until mid-season. Right, but but it did well. It all ripened pretty much about the same time. You know, I, I would go out and get a few and bring it in, but but then it just hit a time that, okay, we're all going to ripen, so I basically had to pull it. And in fact, I think we might have gone out of town or something, and, and I let it go. You had to go out of town. I had to go that out of town. That was your trip to California, wasn't it? No, it was before then. I'm oh, thinking okay. maybe it was one of those beach trips. But okay. anyway, um, the uh, it... So a lot of it I'm saving for seed because it's just, it was sort of over the hill. But what I did harvest in that mad rush, I blanched and froze. And now we've got little bags of it, not a lot, but some okay. that we can prepare just as you would if you bought a bag of frozen edamame in the in the store. And we're big fans of edamame. We, we love, love it. it. So it'll, it'll be fun for us to enjoy. I only planted one row of it. So I could next year, since we like it and I See, now know how to freeze it, I could plant three rows. And you have say, a lot I more. wish I had planted more eggplant. I don't really need you to plant more eggplant, but I'd love for you to plant more edamame. Well, good. Maybe I'll do a whole bed of edamame. Yeah, that'd it's be nice. It's easy to grow. Squash did better than we expected, given the circumstances, because a lot of the squash was tied up with three sisters. Right, and but the squash that did so well, and we've talked about this before, it was some yellow, both straight neck and crook neck squash that I planted, just planning to use it as a trap crop. Uh, but it actually was the best squash I had all season. We have a few... Uh, winter squash like some spaghetti squash and some butternut but mostly what did well was the yellow squash and i'm gonna say that based on that experience i will recommend that we get into the ground as early as we can stomach it for squash i agree now the blue hubbard squash i put out extremely early and it was um an in you know in the ground direct seeding and it did well too so really i did have that and i haven't we have yet to taste one we need to cut into one i, I was going to say have we ever tasted blue hubbard squash no yes. okay. we'll have to try it all right so let's turn our attention to the orchard quickly um this was a wonderful year for fruit just gratifying and i i think we've already talked about the delayed gratification you have with when you plant fruit and we're finally getting that gratification now this was our best year ever for apples our best year ever for muscadines our best year ever for persimmons and our best year ever for blueberries man that's a that's a nice lineup that is there. a lineup yes um, and a few figs had a few on. figs nothing great shakes there uh the freeze late in the winter caught us there uh, we had no peaches, I suspect, because of the freeze, no plums, almost no pears. And I think all of those probably suffered because of the late freeze. Blackberries, I'm almost ready to pretend they don't exist. <laughs> I am so frustrated about my blackberries. Um, if somebody said, I'm sorry, Mr. Borden, we're going to have to take all of your blackberries, pull them out of the ground, and put them in the fire, I would say, good um but it you know we'll we'll keep soldiering on and see if we can't figure out some way 
to um, to rescue a decent crop one of these years. Yes, that that and the corn, and I guess watermelon too. That's our challenge, and we're going to keep keep on keeping on and see if we can't learn how to grow those crops successfully. Love to hear what your challenges are. Carry on, enjoy this wonderful weather we're having here in the Northern Hemisphere. We're probably having wonderful weather in the Southern Hemisphere now because spring is coming. But uh, enjoy the week, and we will look forward to visiting with you again soon. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.